You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Now, just before we went live, we did have a minor issue that we will fix, I'm sure, in due course. But just for now, we've got David on the phone. Welcome, David. Hi, Jason. How are we going? Not too bad. Uh, we've just had a technical issue that uh, I'm sure in our first break we'll be able to fix, but uh, we'll run the first segment just uh, as we are on the phone. So uh, thanks for joining us today, David. Um, no worries. Now, of course, uh, each uh, time you share a program, you've always uh, got a bit of a story for us to, to introduce us today. So would you like to share your story today, David? Yeah, no worries, Jason. Thanks for that. Look, uh, I'm sharing on blessings in my Christian life and my Christian walk. And a lot of times the things that we see as blessings um, don't always turn out as blessings. Sometimes the things we see as challenges turn out to be more blessings than we ever thought. And one of those for me was uh, a call to Tasmania. We'd... uh, only visited Tasmania once in my life, and that was in 2016. We really hadn't considered Tasmania, and I apologise to all the Tasmanians because, you know, we'd been around all of the rest of Australia. We'd looked at everything. We'd driven a lot. I guess I'd done the number one highway, but never looked at Tasmania, and I suppose it was a little bit, you know, the distance, uh, the challenges that we faced with, uh, with you know, those costs and everything. But it was really great to get this call down to Tasmania and Launceston and Scottsdale and uh, up in the north, uh, northeast here. It's been absolutely fantastic. It's been a really uh, peaceful time for us, it's certainly busy, challenging, um, and, and lots of work to do, uh, certainly lots of kilometres to travel. But the people that we've met are just great. Uh, the churches that we've met are just fantastic. And the, the place itself, oh, look, I've been told to say it's terrible, it's cold, you don't want to come here, stay on the mainland. <laughs> but in reality, it's a beautiful place. And, yes, it is a bit cold sometimes, but I've been in places that are colder. On the mainland, that is. Yeah. So uh, we've really um, enjoyed this exciting challenge um, with the growth that comes along with that and so many other things. So, you know, those challenges do bring growth in your life. And so it's been, for me, a real blessing. It's a bit of a distance for my wife from her family, but uh, she's finding time to go and see them as well. So that's a blessing in itself. That's great, David. Now, um, before we go too much further in our program, I just want to remind our listeners that you can go back and listen to all the past episodes. This is David's series called Reflecting Jesus. And, of course, you can go back and listen to all the past episodes on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. So download the app from your phone or your tablet 
uh, from the from the app store. That's uh, Faith FM Australia. You can find it in there. And also the Faith FM website. You can listen online as well. You can listen live. You can listen to past programs. Uh, so we do encourage you to do that. And particularly if you're in an area that has poor reception, it's a great thing to do uh, to download the app and listen on that as you can drive along as long as you've got a, a data connection on your phone. Now, uh, would you like to just quickly um, review what we had last week, uh, David, on our program? I can't recall the title, actually. Can you remember what we did last week? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I hope I can remember. Uh, last week, we, we looked at selflessness and humility. That's and right. It yes, it's all coming back to at, me now. <laughs> yes, that's right. Looking at how Jesus' character is so much different from our characters and what he really wants for us. Um, and today we're going to progress on that and we're going to look at um, we're going to look at what it means and, and what Jesus did in his feeding of the hungry and, and what that actually looks like because it can be quite different or perhaps it's it's a little different from what we might have seen in the past. Awesome. Okay, so let's, uh, let's do that. Now, um, we're going to ask our listeners a question. Uh, would you like to do that? And then perhaps we'll start our uh, reading for today. Yes, we might do that before the break today. Um, the, the listener question I have is around uh, community kitchens, you know, those those uh, community services that are provided for the underprivileged. And I'd like to have people text in, maybe with some comments, uh, if you've ever spent time working in one of those, um, you know, a soup kitchen or a community kitchen or some kind of community engagement for the underprivileged. What was it like for you? What was your experience? I'm going to... And, uh, Sorry, Dave. Sure. I was going to ask if if you've ever worked in an area like that. Yes, I have. I have. I've I've, I've worked in one in Perth. There was a, a retired couple. This is how it started: just the retired couple themselves spending almost all of their pension uh, providing the resources and the food for people to be able to have a meal every night of the week. That was real commitment, mm. and it was some time, some years before they actually got enough people and support on board, both with local government and with our church, to be able to do this and not have it costing them so much. And as a part of that, you know, coming and spending a, a night every week or so, um, assisting them with that really opened your eyes to the kind of people out there who really have a need to simply put food on the table and it's not always who you think it might be mm. so that was a really amazing same on the central coast in new south wales we did that as well and that was a real eye-opener you know it was more about meeting the people connecting with people and seeing the needs they had beyond just the food mm. so if anybody's had a, a similar experience we would just really love to hear it today we uh, have at our church, um, you're probably aware, David, a, a service called Danny's Bus. And uh, the bus goes out on two nights a week, on Friday night and Saturday night. And mm -hmm. uh, we feed homeless people in uh, Glenorchy and Hobart area. And um, occasionally I, get, I do go out on that bus. I'm, I'm also involved in worship services, so Friday night's the time we normally 
rehearse for those, so I can't go out every week. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's something that is it's a real eye opener to see how um, other people are struggling and uh, and to meet those needs. But it's also good to get to know people, and and we now have a number of people who uh, we've met. Um, on uh, on the bus and uh, they are becoming involved in different ministries of the church so that's uh, really a great thing to see as well um, yeah that is really good you go, you so go David do, yeah do we have do we have time to do our reading yes I think so I think so um, alright we should pray first let's do that and then I'll get you to read this in a different version this time which I think would be very interesting. No worries. Okay, let me, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you've allowed us to still have your word and that it's freely available to so many people in Australia. Please speak to us as we read it. Give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today I would like you, Jason, to read from... It's not been called a Bible. It's been called a paraphrase. I've taken the word Bible out of it because it's it's not word for word, the original versions. Uh, a little bit like the message. The message is a paraphrase. So it's similar to that where someone from their devotions read the Bible and then added what they felt impressed to, to uh, add to those um, the messages. And I, it's sometimes good to read this. Mm. And so I'd like you to read it from the clear word, Matthew twenty five thirty one to 46. Okay, it says, When the Son of God comes in all his glory and the angels with him, he'll assume his role as judge and king. Everyone on earth will be gathered together before him and he will separate those who are genuinely his from those who are not, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats during shearing time. He will call the sheep to his right and the goats to his left. Then he will say to those on his right, You are God's children. Come, it's time for you to receive your inheritance. When others were thirsty, you gave them water. When they were hungry, you gave them food. And when they were without a place to live, you took them in. When they had nothing suitable to wear, you gave them clothes. And when they were sick, you visited and comforted them. And when they were in jail, you didn't forget them. What you did for them, you did for me. Then the righteous will say, Lord, we never realized that when we fed the hungry, we were feeding you, or that when we gave thirsty people a drink, we were giving it to you. Neither did we realize that when we took strangers into our houses, we were taking you in, or when we gave people clean clothes, we were giving them to you. And we didn't know that when we visited the sick or those in prison, we were standing by you. Then the king will say, I know you, sorry, I know you didn't realize this because a change took place in your life and kindness and compassion became part of your nature. What you did by caring for the underprivileged was as pleasing to my father as if you had done it for me. Then he will say to those of his left, you can't be given a home in my father's kingdom for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. Leave my presence. You will perish in the same fire uh, which will destroy the devil and his angels. For when I was hungry, you didn't offer me anything to eat. And when I was thirsty, you didn't offer me a drink. When I was a stranger and alone, you didn't offer me a place to sleep. And when I needed clothes, you didn't care. And when I was in jail, you ignored me. They will respond, 
Lord, we didn't know that you were ever hungry, thirsty, homeless, in need of clothes, sick or imprisoned. If we had, we would gladly have helped you. Then the king will say, because you didn't care about others, I know you don't care about me. I have no choice but to end your lives because in my kingdom, everyone cares about everyone else. Thanks very much, Jason. And look, there's a lot There's a lot in there that I feel really, really matches the original context. And, and, and the easy readingness of it actually helps us to see in quite clear context what Jesus is really trying to get to in that message. But we'll go to a break, and uh, after that we'll dig into it a bit deeper. And remember our question. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 488 Have you ever been involved in a community soup kitchen or something similar that where you helped the underprivileged? We'd love to hear from you today. So text us in 488 This is Kate Gariga with He Cares. God is so, so good And he helps us learn How to be like him And he cares for us And he guides us by His Holy Spirit When you think of how he answers pray You see almighty Alpha and Omega Shining brighter than the light He cares, He cares Yeah, He cares About all of us He cares, He cares Yeah, He cares God is merciful is kind and true I want to be like you He will be my guide When I fall I'll rise By His Spirit Hear the nature around us speak His almighty hand written all over
helps us learn how to be like you. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell. We had a technical issue, but we've got him back on the line with better audio now. So welcome back, David. And uh, we asked you a question before the break. Mm. Have you ever been involved in a community soup kitchen or something like that where you helped the underprivileged? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, David, we read this passage, uh, this uh, paraphrase of Matthew twenty five thirty one mm. to thirty four, and uh, it's. Um, I guess the paraphrase makes it a little bit clearer what it means, but uh, I'm hoping that you're going to unpack this a bit more for us today. Yeah, we are. Thanks very much, Jason. Yes, it does sound a lot more clearer. So before the break, we actually said we're going to look at this topic of feeding the hungry. What does it mean? And, And it might be really simple to say, oh, well, you know, they're hungry. They're giving them food. But the Bible is always, has always got deeper levels of understanding. We're going to look at what what the Bible is talking about in that paraphrase. If you have it, your your Bible open, you can see the actual words of that. You can see how the paraphrase fits reasonably well. Okay, you might disagree with some of the paraphrase, and that's okay. That's the purpose of a paraphrase to suit some people and to make it easier for them to read and understand on a superficial level. <clears throat> but we're going to dig into this a little bit deeper. We've read that passage, and I appreciate reading it in a, a different. Um, a different uh, paraphrase or a different language. Yeah, yeah different language. That's yeah. the word for it. Yeah, different language. Uh, that really does appeal to some people. So random acts of kindness. Have you ever heard of that um, term? We've, we've talked about it just briefly in the past, but it was something that was uh, really common some decades ago, uh, this um, idea that you would just feel, move to, you see a need, just fill the need and then go on your way, and, and it would really help people. And in and of themselves, these acts really served a good purpose. You know, people were helped right where they were. You know, some old lady who's struggling with her shopping, and she's trying to get across the road. Someone runs up and picks up the shopping and then puts her arm around her and helps her across the road so she's safe, um, and then goes on their way. And, and it really makes that person feel good. It makes them feel that people do care. Um, and so, yeah, in and of themselves, people were helped in many surprising ways, and it was immediate and it was practical. However, sometimes, when we look back in those decades, sometimes I don't believe they were really pure motives. Um, people were seen to be doing good, and this was the motivation for it. I want people to see that I'm a good person, and there's no ongoing, long-term commitment there. And so it's easy for people to do. In the passages we've just read from Matthew, Jesus is clearly pointing out two attitudes, you know, and he uses sheep and goats. It's interesting in the Bible, the goat uh, is the sin sacrifice and and the sheep represents Jesus. And so there's that, that underlying understanding that there's people who are good and there's people who are not so good. <laughs> and there's these two groups. That's the underlying uh, message that's coming through quite clearly. Clearly, two different attitudes. 
simply first the sheep were focused on the needs of others and they were acting out of these other people's best interest. The other, that of the goats, was obviously a more self-serving attitude. Actions weren't focused really on the needs of others but rather looking at um, puffing themselves up and seeing how they can look good in the eyes of other people. So Jesus was saying that the selfless behaviour was the one that had the right motivation and that was the one that attitude, that motivation was what would be rewarded with eternal life from God. <clears throat> so although Jesus is speaking about judgment of all the earth and the, the behavior of everybody on earth, the question I'd like to pose to start is, did Jesus actually practice what he preached, <laughs> as we like to say? So uh, if there are examples of this in the Bible, well, it would be really good to read them and then see how is it that, well, what was Jesus trying to achieve with those and how can we actually um, do something towards um, uh, mirroring this kind of behavior? How do we do it? So what I would like to do is have a look in the book of Mark. <clears throat> if anyone's got it, Mark chapter 6. There's a story here about, you may have heard the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's more than just another story. But before this feeding of the 5,000, there is another story, Mark six thirty to 34. And I'd just like to read these few verses first. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus, this is Mark 6 and verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. I can relate to that sometimes, I think, uh, Jason. Mm. <laughs> so they departed to a, to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitudes saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot. Um, uh, from all the cities they arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So Jesus here is going to look after the physicality and the needs of his own disciples. And what he finds, though, is this group of people, this great crowd of people that come running and seem to be lost. They have no spiritual leader. They, have, they just don't have guidance that they need. Uh, they don't have proper leadership. They don't really understand the things about God. And so first he sees that need and he fills that need. He feeds them spiritually. So he just goes and he starts to teach. And this would have taken a long time. As we go on and we read, we see that uh, it starts to get late in the day. Um, I guess people had a bit more patience to sit and listen to the truth back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in verse 35, Then when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send them away, that we, they may go uh, into the surrounding um, country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat so there's a need now because it took so long there's this physical need there's a need to, to feed the people they're starting to get really hungry and they probably only had a couple of meals a day so now it's coming time for the evening meal and 
the disciples seem to act the way most of us would act. What's the quick fix? (laughs) How can we fix this quickly with the least amount of involvement and personal interaction from us and commitment? They say, Jesus, send them away that they can go and look after their own needs. Isn't that the way most of us behave? Mm, direct, the, direct them to the nearest uh, place where they can get some food. <laughs> yep, go to Macca's and get some food. <laughs> you know, you, you sort it out yourself. Yeah. But Jesus has something else in mind. He wants to get his hands dirty, if you like, and he fixes the problem himself. And in doing this, he does a number of things. He challenges his disciples in their thinking to get them involved in addressing the other people's needs. He says, um, you give them something to eat. Don't send them away. You give them something. And now there's this huge multiple multitude, and, and, and Jesus is, they, they think Jesus has been crazy here. Mm. I mean, how can we solve this problem? It's impossible. It's impossible. So he presents them with this impossible task that only God can solve. And then he encourages them to search out others who might be able to help. So they go and search the crowd and they ask, I guess, who's got some food? I don't know about you, but if I saw a crowd like that and they were all hungry and I had some food, I wouldn't be sharing it. Mm. (laughs) But this young boy does. And he gets them involved in this miracle to boost their faith and open his open their eyes, really, to his overall mission. So in these challenges with the disciples, Jesus sought to meet all the needs, the needs of all the people, the needs of the disciples. Um, they had spiritual needs. They didn't have their eyes open to the, the, the way of God, the people's needs. They were missing leadership and the truths of God. And then as the physical needs came to light, Jesus met those as well i don't know if you've heard of um the marketing ploy called bait and switch i have yes yeah Yeah. it's it's actually a common advertising method you know um wait there's more um buy one get one free you know or, or there's something free that's offered to raise a customer's interest and then when they get the, your interest, when you're baited and you're ready, you're ready to grab that free thing. You know, I'm a bit Scottish, so I love the freebies. The thing that they really want to hit you with comes along. But first, you've got to, and you know, even in Christian circles, I've seen this being used. You know, people say, "Come to a free meal," and everyone loves a free meal, so they come along. But you know what the saying is? There's no free lunch. Mm. <laughs> And when you get people there, there's this switch. Ah, we've got them in. I actually heard of a, a religious group got people in to uh, an event that was attractive to the public, and then they locked the doors and put people at the doors so they couldn't leave, and they hit them with the gospel. Well, it wasn't good news that they hit them with, but they hit them with this, and they wouldn't let them leave, and if some people we knew that were there were really scared. That's the bait and switch. Many people today still think that that's the most popular method of, uh, of getting people. So, you know, make friends and then the minute you can, hit them up with what you really want to say. But most people can smell a scam, um, can't they, Jason? Certainly. And, and uh, for me personally, I, I uh, really despise uh, marketing calls that are trying to sell me something that I don't want and uh, yeah. and don't need. So um, I, I totally understand this, um, you know, the situation that if people are trying to be, I guess if we're trying to force something on people uh that's um particularly something that you know they don't see their need for then it's uh, mm. it's not mm. a good thing 
So time's up for another break. Yes. Uh, we're going to dig more into this bait and switch and see is this really what Jesus is doing when we come back? Yeah. And remember our question, have you ever been involved in a community soup kitchen or something like that where you helped the underprivileged? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again.
listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And uh, before the break, uh, we were talking with David Maxwell on uh, this program titled Feeding the Hungry. And uh, we were talking about the switch and bait uh, marketing uh, strategies, I guess. And uh, I think, uh, David, when when something of real value is offered to people, they don't have to be tricked into... you know, purchasing it or getting involved because it really is of value and uh, people can see that. And so I think uh, perhaps uh, Jesus in this story was offering people um, both something of spiritual value and also the physical uh, their needs, their physical needs were being looked after as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's no need. Jesus has no need for the bait and switch. Yeah. And, and it, actually he, he starts with the most important agenda. You know, he addresses the issue that, hey, you know, these people need a long-term solution, not an immediate, not only an immediate solution, but he doesn't only give them the long-term solution. He sees the physical needs and says, well, you know, I love people. Mm. Um, I don't have this agenda. I don't want to trick them into something. Um, I don't don't want to use them or take advantage of them. Jesus has a completely different reason for doing what he did. So when we look at why Jesus did what he did, let me go back to the story in Mark, because I read over it um, on purpose fairly quickly. <clears throat> but I'd like to go back to verse 30 to 32. We have to remember what's, what's actually happening in the context of what's going on here. The apostles gathered and Jesus told them all things, verse 30, both what they had uh, done. Jesus had sent them out. Um, to heal and um, cast out demons and they came back and they said oh this is exciting they you know we were just able to do so much um, and then he says come aside now the, one of the reasons he says to come aside is is just before this in the chapter um, we have to remember that Jesus cousin we often just say John the Baptist but it was Jesus cousin mm. he's been murdered by um, Herod by King it, Herod yeah yeah, and and Jesus hadn't saved him, so this must have been very downhearting and disappointing for the disciples. Some of Jesus' disciples had been John's disciples too, mm. and then they'd left John and they'd come and followed Jesus. And so, we you know we need to think that there must be some questions there and some real grief that they're dealing with. Jesus' own grief because he was human too, mm. and he so he calls them away to rest to look after their personal needs. Sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we need to take time out and look after our personal needs. It really becomes a problem when it becomes our only focus. Mm. But we do need to look after our own personal needs. So Jesus does this. However, as they try to rest, a greater need arises. And it's hard to it's hard to live in ministry like this because not just as a minister, but as a church member, you see the needs and the needs are unending sometimes. But there's this great need that arises and Jesus sees this, verse 33 and 34, but the multitude saw him departing and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before him and came together and Jesus, when he had come out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. Jesus sees both the physical and the spiritual needs. But first and foremost, he sees a spiritual need. 
And this phrase, moved with compassion, in the Greek, it's a single word. And it means to have pity or compassion, to have great affection for or love or compassion. It really portrays well the nature of Jesus' mission to humanity, really, mm. because everything that Jesus does for us is motivated by love. You remember John 3.16. So it's not just that Jesus has a mission and he wants to do the mission and then get out of here. He has this deep-seated love for people. Mm. That's what he wants to do. I don't know if you, um, I suppose everybody's seen the emojis that get used so much today. I've seen a really common behaviour on social media of late, well, really since the beginning of COVID-19. That's when everybody's interaction with uh, social media really started to kick on. Um, What I see is when somebody's sick, they're down with a flu, maybe they've lost a loved one or they're facing some real challenge, People will often um, respond to their social media posts, including myself. Um, We find it really, really easy to quickly post the praying hands emoji. You've seen that, two hands together. Mm. I'm praying for you. It's easier than typing the words, I'm praying for you. (laughs) We just, you know, quickly put a few emojis there. I'm really praying for you. I put three or four emojis. People know I'm really praying for them. Look, I'm not knocking prayer. It works miracles. God answers, and he does the miraculous in people's lives in response to genuine intercessory prayer. But people need more than just good intentions. You know, if I'm sitting here and I'm really struggling with my grief and I look on, you know, where can I look? And I look on social media. Nobody's calling me. No one's visiting. And I see a whole bunch of emojis on my post. Is How is that really helping me? You know, is it really helping me? Well, my question is, Have we really prayed? Have we really prayed? I need more than just good intentions. People need more than just good intentions. Are we really going to continue praying for them? Do we write their name down, add them to a prayer list, and pray for them daily? Um, Aside from praying, what else are we doing? You know, are, are we just posting the emojis so that people will think more spiritually highly of us? Mm. Or are we making the phone calls? Are we going and visiting? Are we getting out of our little bubble? and actually connecting with people and helping them in their personal needs, encouraging them with words from the Bible or promises from Jesus, and then asking, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? Is there anything I can do to help? When we had COVID, we were locked up. We were amazed at how many people dropped things at our door, knocked on our door, gave us a phone call. How are you going? Are you coping? And it really encouraged me to make sure I was doing that for other people as well. James 2.16 explains this kind of behaviour. Let me read that before we have to go to a break. Mm. James 2 and verse 16. He says, And one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, put those emojis up, Uh, but but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? And, And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's going beyond just the encouragement and the words he's actually doing something about it Mm. i've heard uh, a saying david that sometimes uh, christians in particular can be so spiritually minded that they're of no earthly use and Mm. uh, we need to be spiritually minded of course but that should drive us to be of earthly use and uh, and and look after the needs of people you know that's something that jesus calls us to do so yeah it was Um, the very essence of jesus ministry wasn't it love And it's not about uh, earning brownie points. It's about no. genuine love for people. Yep. 
Well, um, before we go to the break, we've got our book offer for today. It's called At Jesus' Feet, and this is by Doug Batchelor, The Gospel According to Mary Magdalene. Someone to love me, that's all she wanted, all anyone really wants. We are all addicts, sinaholics, says the author, trying to fill with various addictions a gaping void in our hearts designed for God. Take Mary Magdalene. She was a prosperous prostitute, but her life was one sad, sordid story until she met someone who loved her with a pure, unconditional love. Ever afterward, the shame of her past was eclipsed by her absolute devotion to the one who set her free. Discover a fresh picture of a gentle, loving saviour who, without condemning or condoning our past, offers us a new future as we, like Mary, linger at Jesus' feet. So we'll give you the code for this book right after the break. This is Laura Story with Grace. so proud My mind is so unfocused I see the things you do through me as great things I have done And now you gently break me And lovingly you take me And hold me as my father you how many times will you pick me up when I keep on letting you down and each time I will fall short of your glory how far will forgiveness abound and you answer my child I love you and as long as you're seeking my face you walk in the As I walk with you, 
I'm learning what your grace really means. The price that I could never pay was paid at Calvary. So instead of trying to Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking with David Maxwell, coming to the last section in our program today, talking about the topic of feeding the hungry. And before the break, I promised a code to claim our free book offer today. It's called At Jesus' Feet by Doug Batchelor, The Gospel According to Mary Magdalene. Text us in on 0488880891, the code word REFLECT1717. No spaces, REFLECT17 to 0488887, sorry, 0488880891. I got myself mixed up with the 17 and our, our show number today. Um, so, David, before the break, um, we were explaining how Jesus fed them both spiritually and physically, and it's because of his uh, true and genuine compassion for mankind. So mm. how would you like to sum this up today as we finish our program? Thanks, Jason. You know, I was looking in the book of James, <clears throat> and I read a brief a brief amount from one of his chapters, and, and and it's really interesting that did you know that the book of James nearly didn't make it into the Bible? Really? Yep, nearly. As I was putting it together in the early centuries, the Christian Bible, accepting the books and they had these criteria, really stringent criteria, of what would be in and what wouldn't. There's a lot, um, of, a lot of practical advice in James. Oh, there is, there is. You see, Paul is really clear that a Christian's life should be one of faith, not works. Mm. Okay? We are saved by faith, Mm. not works, lest any man should boast. So when they're reviewing the book of James, many said he was focusing too much on works. Let me read a passage and it might help. This is chapter 2, starting verse 14. What is a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he hath faith but not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't actually give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? You know, it's really interesting. He doesn't say faith without works 
without the evidence is a little bit sick. Mm. No, no, it's no, dead. He says, he says, faith without works is dead. It's worthless. Mm. By saying you have the faith but not following it up with action is like the praying hands emojis without any other effort. Mm. It doesn't do anybody very much good at all. Mm. Uh, actually, it can do harm. And I think that's why he says it's not sick, it's dead. <clears throat> it's so important. It's got to be there. So how do we reflect Jesus' behavior then if we really want to be in the group of the sheep that, act, that are acting out of the right motives that we talked about earlier rather than just paying lip service? Well, the answer actually lies in the same chapter that we're looking at in the Bible. Um, and it's interesting in Matthew chapter 25... Um, let me go back there. Mm. We see we see that uh, if you look further back in the chapter, so we're looking at now um, right back in in uh, chapter one, uh, sorry, chapter twenty five, and earlier in the chapter, verse one and onwards, one to thirteen, we see that Jesus starts with the right formula to achieve the right outcome that will be accepted by God. It's to have the Holy Spirit. You know the foolish and wise versions. That story is about having enough of the Holy Spirit, being mm. prepared sufficiently and in the right way. <clears throat> Not just have a little bit, but have plenty to get us through times of doubt, delay, disappointment. And chapter 7 of Matthew seems to mirror chapter 25 in some ways. You know, he, he's talking about what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your heart. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So you see that James and Jesus are very similar in mm. what they're saying. Mm. You know, we've got to have what's in our heart, and what's in our heart actually creates the right behavior. You know, we've got to be connected with God and acting on his promptings. And this prompting that comes from God is that God wants to save as many as possible. Mm. So remember our discussion of the bait and switch. In some cultures and some age groups, getting to know people first really is the best way to connect and create opportunities to share the gospel. But be genuine about it. That's what Jesus is saying. And as he goes on in chapter 25, he then talks about the parable of the talents. And when you look at the parable of the talents, it's about relationship, relationship with the master. He didn't understand the master, the one that buried the talents. And so he just brought the talent back, he said, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know who you are. I mm. really don't understand why you, why you, you know, stealing money. He didn't understand the master. So that parable is about relationship and then having the Holy Spirit, having the right relationship then generates the right behavior. And that's what Jesus is saying in that uh, passage we read in um, 25. This creates the right desire within us. The Holy Spirit creates the right desire. Loving people really for who they are. Um, and when you create lifelong friends, it shows that you really care about them because that's what God is all about. You know, yes, feeding them spiritually. But as you get involved with um, helping people in their lives, genuinely, not just for some ulterior motive, not for a bait and switch, but really just getting involved in people's lives, the Holy Spirit moves us for opportunities where we can assist people really practically and physically. And when we do that, we show we genuinely care. And people often open up to hearing, well, 
what's going on in your life how is you know how you get through some of these things mm. so coming back to the random acts of kindness that we started with <clears throat> when we're really focused on what other people think about us random act of kindness seems to be very attractive i can just do something i don't have a long-term commitment but when jesus uh, is in our hearts through the holy spirit we start to behave the way he did and we really get our hands dirty we like to get involved in helping people and my question to close is how are you going with this are you reflecting jesus character by feeding the hungry are you a goat dressed in sheep's clothing you know the uh, praying hands emojis but nothing nothing else that's as far as it goes for you are you just keeping up appearances or do you have the holy spirit within and responding to the needs the physical the spiritual needs of people and helping them along the way as they really need help in their life and probably now more than any other time in history mm. if you need help with this get in touch with someone on the program here and we can send you some material to help you on your journey mm. it's a it's a real uh, thing david i know for me personally um I often feel like I want to do more, but I struggle <laughs> to do mm, that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it, it's hard. Um, next week, what have you got for us on your Reflecting Jesus program? Next week, it's uh, the next logical step. We're talking about connecting with the needs of people. We're talking about af- assisting the afflicted. Um, how did Jesus assist the afflicted, and how can we do the same? Okay. And tomorrow we've got Tamika Spalding joining us again. Uh, She hasn't been with us for a little while and uh, we've taken a break. So she's going to be uh, doing a program called Mistaken Identity. So do join us on Connecting the Dots tomorrow morning. Um, Just remember our book offer for today, A Time for You, and the code for that is REFLECT17. REFLECT17. Text it in to 488 double eight zero eight nine one and do remember peter watts is god for real program if you're in tasmania southern tasmania friday evening is the next program 7 p.m and 8 p.m he'll be talking about the jesus myth and born to live forever that's at george's on the park kgb oval anfield street glenorchy now wherever you are today we just pray that you have a great day and uh that god is with you no matter where you are be blessed and we'll talk to you again next uh, tomorrow and also next week thanks Jason thank you you are
disciples By this everyone would know that you belong to me By this everyone would know that you are my children in 